Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Chaos and Shadow podcast. My name is Kyle, and I am joined here by my co-host, Pagan. Pagan, how are you today? I am doing very well. How are you? Very good. Thank you. We are sitting down with author Katrina Rasbold. She wrote Uncrossing, Identify, Cleanse, and Heal from Hexes, Curses, and Psychic Attacks. We were sent this beautiful book by our friends over at Llewellyn, and I have just been loving the read-through. Katrina, welcome to the, the chat tonight. How are you? Thank you so much. I am doing great. So thrilled to be here. Thank you. It is a fantastic week to be sitting down and talking about uncrossing, talking about negative energy, hexes, uh, psychic attacks. And personally, one of my favorites from this book is that self-talk, self-crossing aspect to it. I know a lot of our audience really, really resonates with that. We're a group of people that that like to put our witchy and our, our energetic side forward, but we can hold ourselves back quite a bit. And I didn't think even of how much until I got into your book. So before we dive deep, deep, deep on that subject alone, can we hear a little bit about your background? What got you into the authoring scene and and how, how did that go for you, Katrina? Well, and and I'm just let me say I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to uh, give you a, a huge closet of anxieties to take into the holiday. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, we are coming up on that time where we're going to be surrounded by our families and so much negative energy. So it can be really great to explore how that's going to impact us. I started as a writer when I was a child and I actually just had a thing. I'm sure it was a fishing uh, expedition on Facebook where it said, if you were right now doing what you wanted to do as a child, what would that be? And it would it was be a writer because that's what I always wanted. I started writing books in grade school about my um, my co-students and they lived in fear of me. It was the only way I had any kind of power in the school was they knew they were going to get written as some horrible creature in my book if they didn't treat me well. And so that was that was really when I discovered the power of writing. And uh, I always wanted to do it. And I wrote a few portions of books over my life. I'm a very old woman now. I'm 60. And when I was, I guess it was around... 2013, it was the uh, December 2012, I believe it was, that I really got fed up with myself for coming to a place where I wanted to be a writer for so long and had written so many things and put them aside and I would bring them back and read it and say, oh, this is really good. I can uh, I can really do something with this six months later or pulling out and saying, oh, this is really crap. I'm never going to be a writer. I'm going to die unfulfilled. And so what I did in December 2012, because I was frustrated with myself, is I booked an author appearance for a festival in June 2013 for a book I didn't have and had not written. And so I, <laughs> I wrote this promo and said, I have this great book. It's on the properties of magical energy. It's on how we can speed up and slow down the energy that we're putting into our spell work and putting into our world. It's, it's what screws it up. It, what is going to be the downfall? Where do spells go to die? I'm excited to share this book for you. It's called with you. It's called energy magic. And uh, can I come speak at your festival? They said, oh, my gosh, yes, please. We really want to want to do that. Thankfully, they did not ask for a copy of the book because it wasn't written. Not one <laughs> sentence of this book was written. And I knew that that because I'm a Virgo, that was going to be motivating enough to me 
that I was going to write that book by the time that event happened in June. And by the time June happened, I had written three books. Oh, wow. wow. That, that year alone, I published 13 books Ooh. and never duplicated that feat ever again. <laughs> right, right now, I have been constipated with the sixth book of my eight book fiction series for over a year. <laughs> so I'm trying to get that one done now. So being a writer is such a blessing, such a, such a curse, and it's absolutely everything I ever wanted it to be. Oh, I completely feel that pain. (laughs) I have been there with that whole being stuck. Uh, I can totally understand that writer constipation. I'm there with a book series myself. So I I feel the pain. (laughs) This one was due out in December. Like, oh, okay. My, I, and I've got the people caught up in this fiction, this, this series called Daughters of Avalon. And they're, they're waiting for this book. And they're still waiting and they're going to wait a little bit longer. They're going to straight out George R.R. R. Martin this time. <laughs> I'm going to die before it's done. Oh, oh no. my God. I don't have HBO to come in and fix it for me. Yeah, right? Oh, get those writers involved there. Oh right? God. Right? <laughs> well, Katrina, your, your series, I guess the whole litany of your work, looking at just your Amazon page that I have up in front of me, is packed with so many different topics. I mean, you've written about tarot, uh, Crossroads of Conjure. I mean, you've covered such a wonderful, magical ground. I, I know our audience is just super excited to always try new things. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. I mean, because... Back of uh, Uncrossing says spiritual healer, root worker, tarotologist, teacher. How do you approach this wide variety of subjects and, and go about putting that pen to paper or brain to paper? I, on- I only write about topics I love, and that's because I only participate in magical practice that I love. Oh, I like and that. that- that keeps it safe for me. It's really kind of a cop out. But I mean, I'm not going to write an authoritarian book on Enochian magic because I can barely say the word, (laughs) you know, it's not my jam. So I tend to write about the things I do in everyday life. I'm one of those really lucky people that somehow got to the place in life where witchcraft is my day job. That's what I do. It's my day job. It's my side hustle. It's, It's everything that I do, except when I'm talking to you folks. And so for me, I'm writing about my day-to-day life. When I'm writing that Uncrossing book, it's because I spend my entire day taking this junk off of people and dealing with it every day. It's not a speculative thing. It's not, oh, I suspect that this would happen or that would happen. It's, hey, this is what happened when, when you know, so-and-so had a family curse or so-and-so, you know, did things to trip themselves up. I mean, that's, that's all from experience because, because it's what I do and I love it and I hate it. I hate that I have to do it. I wish people didn't get themselves all bundled up, but you know, there's a reason I've got a healer because I'm going to do it as well. Well said. Ooh, I, I mean, that's, that's a huge part of it. And getting into this book, I was someone that didn't think too much about hexes, curses, and, and, psychic attacks going right off the title didn't think too too much about those on the regular because i'm someone that's just getting into to witchcraft and spellcraft in general just in the last let's say year and a half or since the pandemic started and i kind of passed it by not spending too much time thinking about it but in reading 
the the first half of the book alone talks heavily about the different varieties of attacks. Mm-hmm. I, I mentioned right when we were introing you that I thought self-crossing was a really interesting one where we're sitting there and talking down to ourselves, saying what we can't do and how that actually is kind of a, a real energy manifestation that then clings on to you and does drag you down a bit like an anchor. Do you have thoughts on that for people in this especially weird spot in the world where we're all trapped inside for the most part and kind of bouncing off the walls? I do. And I'm going to try to be classy and not describe that with swearing. (laughs) (laughs) You are okay for that here. Do not worry. You can swear now. Should have cleared that in pre-production. Anyway, (laughs) the thing is that people are constantly jacking themselves up. And most of the people that I get coming in talking to me about someone's throwing a curse on me, Uh someone's that energy to me, we can sit and track this to decisions they made, uh, choices they made that created this situation. And the last thing anybody wants when they get to such a low point in their life that they're going to come to a witch to help them out is accountability. They don't want that. Mm -hmm. And when I was, I've mentioned in the book that when I was a baby witch and was just getting started Wicca, which is my gateway drug to everything that I do now, I didn't want to believe and just didn't stop to think that there were people that would actually purposely curse each other. And it turns out that that's most witches. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you want to think that everybody's all goodness and light and threefold law and shit like that. And they just are not they're more the people doing the ugly cry going up stirring the cauldron going i want you to kill him (laughs) (laughs) yeah people are assholes man and that's one thing that my craft has taught me that i never wanted to learn i always was one of these pollyanny see the girl good and everybody sort of people it just ain't that way (laughs) Nope. (laughs) It is definitely not that way. And, you know, as a witch, one of my favorite movies is Practical Magic. I mean, why can't it be? Because, of course, it it fits so well. But, you know, the scene where the woman comes to them and is like, I need him to love me and I need him to do this. And it's like, careful what you wish for. Right. You don't realize how much you said it so well in your book that words have so much power. And our thoughts and our intentions have so much power behind them. And that's why our spells work, because without that, our spells do nothing. They're just empty words. But it's so much that I didn't even think about it like road rage. You mentioned it in your book that you're sending out that energy with road rage. And it's like, oh, whoops. Oops. Yeah. Sorry. We do that. And And it's, it's also things like going to Thanksgiving and you've got that, that one sister, that one auntie, you know, who's going to start running her mouth and, and you're going to sit there and just stare like hate magic (laughs) nonstop. And and it's not that it's not deserved. It's just that you've got to own that stuff. Mm-hmm. And people don't want to accept responsibility for that, but they don't get that when you accept responsibility for what you put out of there into the world, you accept your power of what you put out there in the world. And that's, yes. that's so important is that that's part of actualizing as a witch is that you are on top of where your power is going. Mm-hmm. 
And most of the people that I had in my mind when I was writing Uncrossing, they're out there willy nilly, just flinging their energy around everywhere, which means not only that they're a baby with a gun, it also means they have their energy in reserve to effectively do the stuff they do want to do. And that's most witches. Yes. It's, a, it's a shame. I and oh go, go ahead. ahead no, you pagan. You you, you, you. I, I was gonna say um that it's very interesting to look at hexes versus protection magic because in our household we're very much of the mindset that protection magic can be just as harmful as it can be hexing. So you can hex wonderfully by wishing, you know, everyone else around you to have beautiful lives. And the person that you don't want to have a beautiful life, you're just like, yeah, I'm just going not <laughs> not <pay> to <you>. <laughs> not pay you. Not you. You're not in this picture. Everybody else is. <laughs> but you can also wish that everyone else has great health. And, or you can even say, I want to protect you to have a long life while you're serving your terms in prison. Oh, and that is just as much of a hex as it is protection. So that's one of those things that I really resonated with your book that you really talked about the nitty gritty of all of the aspects of every action that we take as humans. But the really cool thing was that you're just like, we shouldn't live in fear of this, but we should be mindful of it. And it was such a great message. It really was. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and, you know, one of the things I really try to get across to my students is that magic is not a place of fear. Fear does not have a place in magic. That is where magic goes to die. Fear and doubt and ego are the three things that will kill magic faster than anything. But it does, there is a place for caution and for reasonable respect of your own energy and the external energies you're working with. And I, I tend to get, lean a little more toward the vicious than you do. I will specifically <laughs> be like, no asshole, you're going in the mirror box. <laughs> oh no, we, we believe in that too. Go, <laughs> <laughs> in you go, my little friend. <laughs> I, well, I love it. <laughs> as the I, the, I guess we could say the baby witch of the, of the group here, the one that started practicing the most recently, Katrina, what you said about, people throwing their energy around willy-nilly, but also preaching at the same time the word of restraint, trying to be the authority figures. That is something that I think has really honed where our show has gone in inviting guests on, and specifically why we wanted to have you here, because I so resonated with how you approach that in the book and, and, and everything that you just addressed too, Pagan, there. That wonderfully summarizes why we wanted to have you by was that you're calling out some of these authorities and and just kind of temples of of grandeur people saying oh don't don't use your magic that way but then they go and do the same thing they're throwing hexes they're throwing spells (laughs) and the hypocrisy of it is what i love to call out kind of anywhere i go that's that's what i enjoy so i thought in here owning up to it, telling people that they are responsible for what they're throwing out there. It's what people need to hear. So I'm glad this book puts that front and center. Well, and like I was saying, that also puts them in direct contact with their power, which is usually Mm -hmm. what most practitioners want. And, you know, I started out as a Wiccan determined I was going to fling lightning bolts out my fingertips and you know, light candles, you know, just thinking about it and things like that. And sure, you know, you could probably do that with enough practice, but I got a life to live out here. And, you know, it's when it comes to it, my take on magic is it's 
all comes down to creating the quality of life that you want to live, whatever that looks like. And unfortunately, a lot of the people that I encounter are trying to do that through changing other people. Most of the spell work I get commissioned to do is about making other people feel or act a specific way that my client wants them to feel or act. And that cripples me. It it absolutely hobbles me in trying to help them. Because if I can work on them, I've got a willing participant Mm -hmm. right in front of me who's receiving my energy, excited to have it, and we can work together to create that outcome that they want. But as soon as they start saying, I need my ex to come back to me, I need my boss to give me a promotion, I need this person to sell me a house, all of a sudden I'm having to work on somebody who doesn't know I'm there, isn't even in the conversation And there are resistances to that that slow me down. So it's not that it can't be done. Sure, it can be done. We've been doing it for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years now. But it's easier if you're working on the client themselves to create behaviors in them that will draw in love, to create energy around them that will engender a promotion or a higher paying job. But nobody wants to go that route. They all want to fix the other person so that they don't have to do any of the work. Right. So I I have a question kind of following up with that. Do you ever, in in working with your clients, do you ever, you know, tell people, no, um, this is going to not work out in your favor. This is actually going to be more harmful to you and your situation. Yes, this could come out, but you may end up having to pay a higher price, you know, karmatically, um, or anything like that. Do you, um, I think that's my question. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, a couple of things to unpack there. One is that yeah. I don't work with karma. Mm-hmm. It's it's not in my, uh, my witch canon, so to I like speak. Um, for me, what comes back to us or what affects us, if we're looking at a backlash or something along those lines, comes down specifically to whether or not that person in there somewhere knows that they're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. If they do, they're going to get fire hosed with crap. I mean, it's going to come back then. If they know that they're doing something wrong, they ought not be doing that. Right. Now, I do a little bit differently than what you described. I am very forthright with my clients. I will mm-hmm. tell them straight up, what you are asking right now is not likely to work. Here's why. You know, it's not likely to work because we're having to take an extreme amount of energy to get back your ex when you cheated on them and they're angry with you and it's been 10 years and they're married to somebody else and have kids with them and they're happy. Me being able to overcome that level of resistance to get that person to come back with you is likely not going to happen, but I will take your money and try (laughs) because, you know, I actually, I don't do breakup magic and I don't do magic because it's going to harm another people. Those are two things that I don't, I don't do Mm -hmm. for clients, but I'm saying as an example, I, I, I will tell them this is going to take a lot. This is going to be a huge, uh, you know, you're not going to do this with one candle because of the amount of energy that has to be generated. And, and they just, a lot of them want to try, but I'll, I'll let them know right up front. I'm not one of these witches that'll just say, oh yes, we can do this. Give me six weeks. No, we're going to do this. It's going to settle in, buckle up. It's going to be a long time. I think that was a wonderful part of uncrossing alone is that for people that are just getting to witchcraft, it does serve as a little bit of an ethics guide in the front in, mm-hmm. in the way that I 
synergize with in drawing those lines between what's going to affect somebody else. So when you're working on yourself, it really puts into perspective where the line ends for you and where it starts for them. Like you're saying, you build a beautiful image there of who is that ex that has that marriage, the kids, the smiles, like everything is good for them. And I think too often the person, I'm I'm assuming the people that come to you, but the people we see online all the time looking at it from a egocentric stance where they are have lost something they're all that matters Mm -hmm. and that the other is a almost a mannequin of sorts that they don't have a life of their Mm -hmm. own outside i think i think when people were picking up those witchcraft books for the first time that's something that is sometimes overlooked in a big way is is where should you be placing your energy and how should you be using it towards the people that you love now or have loved Yes, you're absolutely right. And, you know, people tend to start thinking about the other people in the equation of spell work as being collateral damage. And even Mm -hmm. when we are using, for instance, a poppet to influence somebody, one of the hallmarks of a well-made poppet is that it will have a heart on the outside. And that is to remind you, this is a person. This is a person with feelings that you're working on. And we inconvenience people with our magic all the time. We can talk all the harms, none stuff that you want to talk. But the fact is that when you program that you're going to have a, a parking spot that's convenient to you, when you go to Walmart, you may have just blocked a person who's nine months pregnant from that parking spot. And they've got to walk all the way across from the end of the, the row. We, we harm people all the time with magic. And like Pagan was saying before, you know, we can't hit this point of analysis as paralysis mm-hmm. where we're doing magic and we're overthinking it to the extreme. You just got to get in there and own it and do it and become part of that force of nature in the world that's creating outcomes. And sometimes you're going to hit a time where that outcome isn't actually what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... Absolutely. You know, the Lord loves drunks and little children and dumbass witches because sometimes <laughs> we're in there. Please, my ex-husband or my husband's leaving me. Please, please don't let him go. And the universe is like, oh, child, no, we got plans for you. We got to get this right. guy out of the way. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Sometimes it's, the answer is just going to be no. You sit here and do spell work all day long and it's just No. And sometimes it's, hey, no, we'll give it to you. Watch what happens next. Ha, ha, ha. So, yeah. (laughs) I think that's spectacular. And I I love that you kind of mentioned that, that sometimes the universe has to throw you a curveball that looks really bad, but it's something that's like, no, no, no. We have to get the bad out of the way. This is the bad that we're moving out of your way so you can have the good so your spell can come true. But without that, your spell, if you tried to keep this, this is not going to work. Stop fighting it and let it happen. That. Interesting you <laughs> said that. Here's my latest favorite metaphor for that. Three months ago, on August 17th, my house burnt to the ground oh. Oh my God. in the Caldor fire. My husband and I lived there for 17 years, raised our children there. We lost everything. We could not get into our car at last minute's notice. And I mean to the ground. And FEMA has since come in and and literally bulldozed 17 years of my life away so that that ground looks like nobody ever lived there. The house I raised my babies in who are now adults, 
gone to the ground. And here's, I want you to really, I mean, we can sit here and go, oh my God, that hurts so bad. That's terrible. We can think about the treasure house of witchy shit that I lost. We're talking thousands, literally thousands of witch books, a lot of which were out of print. We're talking my house looked like the museum of witchcraft. (laughs) And I mean, come on, I own a metaphysical store and my house (laughs) had more stuff in it than the metaphysical store. Gone. Just, it's not even that somebody came in, violated and took it. It just does not exist on this earth anymore. And, you know, my mother's dishes, my dad brought over from Holland in 1958, my, all these, my mom's class ring, all this stuff just gone. So anyway, we can sit here and shed a tear for that, but watch this. When my last child graduated high school, went through a little bit of college and moved out on his own, it was one month to the day before my house burned. The last child, I have six kids. And that was the last one adult out on his own being successful. And my husband talked to me about the idea of moving off the mountain. We lived on this mountain. We got freaking 15 feet of snow every year. We hated battling the snow, hated driving that. We lived an hour from where our shop was. We lived a half hour from a gallon of milk. I mean, we were in the boondocks. My husband's like, well, maybe we should leave. Maybe we should go do something. I'm like, eh. Get ready for this, which is across the world. I don't want to move all this shit. Oh. <laughs> the universe moved it for you by destroying it. <laughs> hey, everybody. Kyle jumping in here really quickly to let you know some awesome events going on around the Revelator Podcast Network. If you're listening to Chaos and Shadow and you're loving this, make sure to come by tonight, November 24th. Katie Webb will be joining us for a Friendsgiving dinner that we're hosting on Twitch twitch.tv forward slash Kyle Paranormal. If you've got a Twitch account, there's never a better time to join. If you don't have one yet, and also if you have Amazon Prime as a service you're paying for for your video viewing or your free shipping, uh, you can link those two together and give a free subscription every month through Twitch. Great way to help out the show. Again, something you're already paying for. So take advantage of that Twitch Prime. Come by, hang out with us. This Saturday, September 27th, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, we are back with Seance Saturday, November 29th, live interview with Jason Mankey, author of The Horn God of the Witches, and more. Really excited to talk to Jason about Yule. Then we got our amazing December schedule kicking off, which is all up on the blog, revelatornetwork.com forward slash news. Look for that post titled Schedule. November's almost over. It has a huge recap of our guests, including Storm Fairy Wolf, Peter Biebergall, Liminal Earth, John Tenney, Michelle Belanger, Ty Gowan, Kiki Dombrowski, and so, so many more. Great friends of the network. Go look at that. It's just been an absolutely phenomenal autumn season here with October, with September, with Samhain. Everything has been truly phenomenal. So we thank you all for the support. For the bottom of our hearts, it means the world. Come check out those live shows that we've got going on over on Twitch. We also have a Yule spell kit. The first time I've ever made a spell kit before. And if you want to get one, there's two ways to go about it. You can pick it up a la carte on the website, revelatornetwork.com forward slash shop, or... 
or you could become a founder member. Founder members get these things sent to them every two months. They get a box of goodies. Uh, you actually get a box every month of the year. We ship them twice or every two months, I should say. So you get extra goodies, more bang for your buck. And we get to work around the USPS nightmare that has cropped up. So stay tuned. Uh, that Yule kit is really, really stellar to the people that bought theirs. They will be shipping out by no, uh, sorry, December 5th because we're going to use them together on December 18th for an amazing seance. But get ready. Check out our content every Saturday, every Wednesday on Twitch, 7 p.m. Eastern time. And we will see you soon. Get back to the show. Bye-bye. So my point is, ow, freaking ow, that hurt. But I got put exactly where I needed to be. I now live in a rented house eight minutes from my shop. I now don't have a lot of stuff encumbering me. I could pack up my house in one of the smallest U-Hauls and move away if I wanted to. So that's what I'm saying is that sometimes the universe hurts you badly to get you to where you need to be. And we don't want to think about that because we are privileged people. (laughs) (laughs) That story rings so true. That is a lot of the reason that Pagan and I are here is during the pandemic. I got slapped by the universe pretty hard in a way that I am in hindsight very thankful for because it put me in this position where we get to speak to great people like you as as a job is to sit there and and, and just become entrenched in, in the witchcraft and learn so many things. And it's funny that I was sort of having that conversation with the universe, much to what you had said about, I didn't think it was my time to jump or anything like that. And well, it just told me it was at a certain time. So <laughs> last summer, we uh, we were pushed together in this way. But I am so thankful because, I mean, I say that a lot, that we wouldn't be here having these conversations and yeah. enlightening other folks and, and showing people new avenues of energy work and just the phenomena as a whole. Uh, so like you said, Katrina, the universe has a magical way of slapping you right where you need to be. Yes. Maybe watch the yeah, words absolutely. we use. <laughs> no matter how old we are, how smart we are, how enlightened we are, how rich we are, we are never anything except a little scared bird on the edge of the nest. And the universe is a big, angry, overextended mother bird behind us who is going to kick our ass out of that nest. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's that just it. You know, true. <laughs> when when we we and humans do not ever, ever make a move or a a significant change unless there is pain involved. When things are great, we're not going to upset the status quo. We're going to sit carefully and try to preserve the sacred moment where everything's okay. The universe has to hurt us to get us to do anything. Yes. And it sucks every time. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I every time cannot refute it in the least because i mean that is that is how i am most movable most pliable uh, so katrina with that kind of idea in mind we, we wanted to talk to folks about or, or to talk to you and educate folks out there about some methods to help negate some of these negative energies and such around this holiday season around family mm-hmm. and around other things so i was wondering if we could get you to give a little bit of practical 
uh, advice to folks out there, especially this week. You know, this this episode is going to come out the day before Thanksgiving. So to folks who are feeling like they're maybe shoved together with family members who are grating on them or otherwise wearing down their energy barrier, what would you kind of say to them? What might your advice be? I got you. Now, here's the number one thing people refuse to do to protect themselves in these difficult family situations. We have a lot of people all across America who are going to spend Thursday with their abusers. Yeah. They're going to spend Thursday with people that created lifelong damage to them. I'm sorry. Here, let me scoot over a little bit. My dog's having a party behind me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they're, there's they've had lifelong damage from somebody in their family and they are still going to sit and have this meal with them on Thursday and give thanks. Yeah. Oh, we're not just going to have a meal. We're going to give thanks with this person. We're going to pray with this person. Yeah. We're going to spend time with this person. And the number one thing I can give to you more mundane than magical as far as managing that and the magic will come too. But before that is really simple. It's two words, darling. Don't go. I love that. Don't go. I talked a student of mine through this recently, and she's a badass. I mean, this is a fierce student who's one of my master in my master healer class now. And she's talking to me and she said, you know, I've got this family thing coming up. My my family and I don't get along. When I came out, they were horrible to me. They can't manage who I am. Uh, but I have to go because my kids want to go. And their kids are teenagers. You know, they're not little babies. They're teenagers. And I said, okay, well, what's your what's your situation with your ex, with your ex-husband? And and she says, oh, we're, we're on good terms. And he'll be going too. He's going to go because he got close to them when we were together. So he'll go and uh, I'll go. And it'll make it a little easier that he's there. And I was like, well, back up send the kids with your ex and don't go. And she said, oh, they're going to talk about me like a dog if I don't go. And I'm like, from what you described, they're going to talk about you like a dog if you do go. So find something you love to do. Send your kids on with the ex and spend the day doing something you love to do. And she looked at me like that had never dawned on her that you could possibly just not go. And so she didn't go and she had an amazing day and, and nobody really blinked that she wasn't there. And the reason people get locked into these horrible situations is number one, they're afraid some favorite parent is going to die and they're never going to have another Thanksgiving with them, mm-hmm. or they're afraid of how they're going to be perceived by the family if they don't go. And life is too short for those things. You can make inroads and memories with those people at a different time. You do not have to be around your creepy uncle Bob just to (laughs) celebrate and be close to somebody. And Christmas is coming too. y'all are going to jack that up as well. You know, you are. So stop it. Just have the life you want to have one of my own kids. I mean, I got six kids and one of them isn't going to be at my table on Thursday because they don't get along with one of the other kids because they want some distance from me right now. That's cool. You know, I admire that they're doing that and protecting themselves. I'm grateful. I read, I raised kids that are comfortable doing that, Mm -hmm. but that's the first thing. Why are you going to these events that are going to be a horrible traumatic experience with you just to choke down some dry Turkey and eat some jellied cranberry crap. That's the first thing. The next thing is if 
despite your better judgment in mind, <laughs> you have decided to continue and to go. You have to look into how much power you're giving these people. Mm-hmm. And that involves some, some first, a good self-audit and some shielding. So what you've got to say is they've taken so much away from me. They've inflicted so much pain and damage on me. I am not going to give them the power to harm me anymore. And just put up the shields. You imagine that you are trolling around this Thanksgiving dinner table in a hamster ball or that you've got on a shield of mirrors or uh, an armor of mirrors or whatever you want to come up with that just reflects energy out. The problem is if you're shielding at the Thanksgiving table, you aren't just shielding from one person. You're shielding from everybody. Your energy isn't becoming a part of that celebration, but you can absolutely take away that person's power. And just with the idea, the mantra of you can't hurt me anymore. Mm -hmm. You cannot hurt me. But again, I come back to the idea of don't even put yourself in that position to have to do that. I love that you say it that way, Katrina, because that's that's something I personally have a lot of experience with in my family. I was the Mm -hmm. guy growing up that when I became a teenager, I started asking the questions of if you don't like hanging out with those family members, parents, why are we going into these situations? And it was very much a tradition (laughs) thing. It was very much I'm expected to appear thing. But here you are having a lot of emotional baggage insert into my life. As, as Kyle saying this, as the son, I would pick up all that baggage from parents dreading and fretting and not wanting to go and all that. So as an adult, I don't make a ton of appearances at events because, well, I, they're just not my scene. And much to what you said, I'm going to go and find time with you anyway to hang out and, and share love in a, a way that matters to us. Like you doubly said, I mean, we're talking at these holidays of giving thanks. It is that time of year we're all together and supposed to share in some sort of excitement, optimism, and love, but these are, in cases, real abusers, real trauma that's there, and my heart goes out to anyone that is forced into those situations, so I think what you're, like, what I really want to resonate to our audience is take that power back of of not going, because mm-hmm. that's huge on its own. Absolutely, and you know, what, this is one of the hardest words that we have to embrace as adults, that I know people that are in their 80s that have still not really resonated with this word, and that's choice. You always have a choice. And and everybody who ends up on my couch to talk to me about for an intake about what spell work we're going to do, what cleansings we're going to do, you know, they don't want to hear about the fact that they have a choice and what they will always say to me, the words will fly out. I can set my watch waiting for it to come out. I don't have a choice. Yeah, you really do. do. <laughs> I've been married for 30 years. I can't leave. Yeah. Surprise. Huge. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. You can leave. You know, this is my mom. Okay. But she's toxic. Amen. You know, just because she, uh, and she abused you for 50 years. And now, you know, she needs care and you're going to spend the next 10 years of your life, you know, taking care of her because she's bedridden. Why? So that you can feel some kind of way so that you think that you can get some kind of redemption from her at the last breath and moment. You know, if through your childhood, if through your adulthood, you didn't get what you needed from your parents, you aren't going to get it when they're dying. Mm hmm. And you're not going to get it at the Thanksgiving table. You're going to get more 
of the same. You know, that's what is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. It's going to be exactly like you think it was going to be. I had one woman tell me, well, my life isn't always horrible. Like, that's the best you got is that your life isn't always horrible. Mm-hmm. That's that's your big ambition here. Wow. Right. Wow. And you don't go to the freaking Thanksgiving dinner. Don't go to mom's birthday. Don't go to Christmas. If there's going to be damage done to you, send flowers. Mm-hmm. You know, send an edible arrangement, you know, meet with your parents the next day, tell them how much you love them, give them, you know, take them out to dinner for a change. But you know what else you might do? Everybody might be sitting there talking about what asshole Kyle is for not going to Thanksgiving, but there <laughs> might be some cousin who's struggling, mm-hmm. who says, I'm not coming next year. If Kyle can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's a really wonderful way to think about it as well, is that that's a good way to think about it. Your show strength might help liberate some other people. And I I, I don't know if it was specific to for me growing up in the 90s. I, I grew up with a really great group of friends here, but I will say a lot of people that I grew up with through high school to college and beyond, I noticed a strong aversion to claiming their own space and their own time on top of that. For some reason, not such a big thing. Like that didn't hit me for whatever particular reason, potentially some of the folks that helped raise me. But I that was something I, I remember having conversations with with friends is you don't need to go. You don't need to put yourself in harm's way, whether mm-hmm. it's tradition or kind of that internal structure we give ourselves. You do have that power of choice and should exercise that. I think, Katrina, that's a lot of magic right there as I see it is your choice of where to put your your time, your physical space, that is what's going to create that reality around you. And more importantly, your energy. How mm-hmm. much energy is it going to drain away from you to have to keep shields up, to have to talk mm-hmm. yourself up to even get to this place? When you can go see the new Ghostbusters movie instead, yeah. you know, you can, ha- you can invite a bunch of your friends, I don't know, who actually do like you. Over to have Thanksgiving with you. Yep. And I don't, I really don't think, you know, if we're going to, you know, we, we absolutely know that the first Thanksgiving was likely not as it was described to us in primary school. Yes. Uh, so Thanksgiving's pretty much a freaking lie anyway. Pagan <laughs> was just bringing this up, Katrina. Yes. We were talking about yes. this. I'm so glad you bridged that on your own. Yeah. And so. We have the the need to make it be what we want it to be. And when you're talking about that people have trouble defending their spaces and creating their spaces, we're at a really pivotal time right now. And for one thing, when we're talking about the 90s, that was a time when the internet was really starting to roll, I mean, the mm-hmm. end of the nineties and, and into the, you know, the turn of the century internet became King during that time. It wasn't mm-hmm. just little dial up bulletin boards and things like that. And one of the reasons we have trouble defending our spaces, I think is because we have so many, many people jammed up into our spaces mm-hmm. because we're in constant contact with people all the time. We're never in our silence. We're never in our own space. We can always just reach over, pick up a phone and have a thousand people hear a tweet that we send out. 
-hmm. We have this built-in audience. We have this built-in support group, which is fantastic. Let me tell you, I love the internet. Everything about it, Mm -hmm. for the most part, I love. But it also has its challenges because we are dealing with the hardships and the trials and the sadness and the joys of everybody we know and then some. And another thing that's coming up in this unique time is we have an unprecedented number of people who are able to fully be themselves and express themselves and not have to hide who they are. Mm -hmm. And having that be your normal life and then having to go to Thanksgiving and crawl back into that closet and be humiliated. Yeah. You know, whatever your closet was on the inside for me, it was the witch closet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but we also have the gender closets and the sexuality closets. And so we're having this wonderful time where we are encouraging people. Well, nice people are encouraging yes. people <laughs> to come out and be who they are and to express themselves and fully embrace who they are mm-hmm. as it harms none. But they're told you still have to do this thing because history demands it and sentimentality demands it. Tradition demands it. Tradition doesn't demand shit. People do. Mm-hmm. Bravo. Well said. Yeah. Well yeah. said. This is a great time to take back things. To the <laughs> I mean, the I, is. <laughs> I love yeah the war on Thanksgiving. I mean, seriously, Pagan was was just having that conversation on one of our last uh, streams that we did that mm-hmm. Thanksgiving is not in itself a good holiday. As you've said, Katrina, as we're all starting as a culture to recognize more and to uh, good people are recognizing more good people are amplifying more voices. We see how traumatic these events are for folks, these forced, quote, traditional holidays, these expectations that are just damaging. And and I'm really, really glad the conversation went this way in its own, because this Mm -hmm. is what people really need to hear, as uh, we have many people in our audience that are, like you said, out of the closet in some way, shape or form. Uh, Mm -hmm. Getting back together, forcing people back into a room with those that have abused them or told them they're not who they want to be or, or anything like that so powerful it's so traumatizing to folks like that's just such a a potentially damaging time so like you said step into that power take back your space and your boundaries if you know being near your family at this time of year is going to hurt you don't put yourself in that position you're worth so much more than that well i'm cooking on thursday and pagan and kyle you can come sit at my (gasps) table oh thank you you. (laughs) i will cook you right up And uh, I've got four of my six kids and their significant others coming. And so it'll be a nice day. I'm excited for it because, but that's also because we turned Thanksgiving into what we wanted it to be, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And we will be honoring the changes in our families. My, you know, my youngest son has a new partner. My, um, the, the next son up just met his partner in person that he's known on the internet for a year. They've been together for a year. They finally met in person because the UK borders open and and they came over. And so uh, he's with a person who's non-binary. My uh, daughter is with a trans woman. My, (laughs) my next son up, no skip one. The, the second son, I have a granddaughter who I thought for 16 years was my grandson until I met my beautiful granddaughter. <laughs> I love so this. There's, 
there's this, and, and, you know, our family is not one to say, well, we don't have that at our Thanksgiving. You know, you've got to conform, conform. <laughs> no, bring your, bring your, <laughs> your, your beautiful self. And I love it. I love it so turkey. much. <laughs> yeah. Eat some I damn turkey. It. That's it. <laughs> And spiral ham. <laughs> and spiral ham. Always the ham. <laughs> this has been an absolute blast to sit down tonight, Katrina. I love everything you introduced to our audience this evening. And I know they're just going to absolutely adore your body of work out there. Folks, yes. we have primarily been talking tonight about uncrossing. Identify, cleanse, and heal from hexes, curses, and psychic attacks mm-hmm. by Katrina Rasbold. But you have so, so many more books out there worth checking out. Is If they found this one interesting, do you have a next book you bounce them to as well? Like if, if they like Uncrossing, should they also add X, Y, and Z to the cart? It honestly depends on what you like about Uncrossing. I have a number of books that are in the Bio-Universal Energy series that I wrote with my husband. And that is all about energy movement and how energy affects us, how to best use energy. If they're more drawn to the conjure side of it, I love Crossroads of Conjure. That's one of my favorite books that Mm -hmm. I've written. And it's more of an anthropological study of conjure in the Deep South and Appalachian Granite Magic, which is what I grew up with, Bujaria, which is what I studied for a very long time. Just, um, you know, all sorts of different forms of conjure is that one. And uh, that's, you know, my suggestion there. But I really went all over the world with what I I wrote. I wrote books about <laughs> general hospital for crying out loud, spiritual <laughs> childbirth. I, Goddess in the Kitchen, which is about kitchen witchery. I tried to write about everything I know, so... I love it. I do. I, I love that love spirit. It. That is that is what we want to see more of. Katrina, thank you so, so, so much for taking yes. the time tonight. Everyone out there, you're going to find links in the description below. Katrina, are there any social media uh, sites that you like to use primarily that people should find you on? Uh, you can find me on CrossroadsOcult.com. That's my store. And believe me, everything that I do, the the store is the hub for it. Okay. So that's that's my primary. I do have a website I don't update called KatrinaRaspel.com. I'll update it if I ever put out another book. That (laughs) is very fair. That is always a big thing. So crossroadsoccult.com, everybody. Go check out Katrina's books. We would love to have you back by in the future. Continue these great conversations. I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Thank yes. you for speaking to our audience in, in such a loving way. I know they're going to adore that. And I hope some folks uh, get to listen to this before Thursday. Uh, just take that to heart. Get yourself in a good space for all of this. And we will catch up with everybody very, very soon. Katrina Rasbold, everybody. Thanks so much. Catch up soon. Bye-bye.